tired. So tired. Overtired. Hello and welcome to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren. This is Brett Terpstra. How are you, Brett? I am. Um, it's snowing. Like, it's this snowing. Is in my in in southeast Minnesota, like they had snow up in Minneapolis, but down here in the southeast like corner of Minnesota, we hadn't really had more than a dusting. But today we've got three inches, and I had to shovel this morning, and I'm I I'm not. It's like almost December, and I'm still not ready for snow. Yeah, no, I mean, so well, also, and and I I know that we're getting into uh, repeating ourselves, but um, like it still feels like it's March. So the fact that it's almost December doesn't feel right, which means that the fact that it is snowing where you are and it's 44 degrees here in Seattle, which is colder for us, uh, it, like that's still kind of blowing my mind. And then I'm realizing I'm like, oh yeah, I'm actually not going to be in Australia this, this year, presumably when um, it might snow and freeze here which is what happens what has happened the last two years in february so no i'm sorry good luck. i mean i'm sorry i won't be in australia too but it'll be interesting to see the actually no because i won't be able to get I, I won't even really be able to see the city implode on itself with the snow and the ice because no one's going anywhere so that's does, a bummer does seattle react i know like atlanta georgia shuts down for heavy rain um yes and snow kills them is seattle uh -huh. the same way it's worse. I know I it doesn't shut down for rain. That's all it does in Seattle. Uh, well, it, it doesn't rain usually like in big buckets, but for snow, yeah, no, it's, snow is actually worse. I was not aware that any place could be worse than Atlanta, Georgia in dealing with the snow. Atlanta, Georgia, famously known as the place where the school buses didn't leave in time and, and kids got stranded on the buses for 12 hours and parents <laughs> had to had to trudge through like by foot to come get the kids. We were, ta were talking there, I think about like three and a half inches of snow, right? Like, like yeah. nothing. So in Seattle two years ago in 2019, it was, I guess, like the heaviest snow that had happened in a while, and it was icy, and um, the city was just totally unprepared. And we had an offsite, but it was in Redmond, so it was like, uh, you know, over the the um, the bridge um, across Lake Washington, and they don't salt the sidewalks or anything. And so I was like walking from the the hotel I was staying at. Yeah, I was staying at a hotel, even though it was like literally you know, uh, 20 minutes away, but it was a good thing I did do that. I did it because it was, it was going to be like an all week thing and coming back and going home is going to be hard. And, and my boss let me expense it, but it wound up being a good thing because if I'd had to commute in, I wouldn't have been able to because sure. even walking because they didn't ice anything. Like I almost slipped and fell a couple of times. Like Grant had to bring me my New York snow galoshes. Um, a college student, and I think the family sued and won a lot of money, as they should have, sued the University of Washington because they didn't have any, like, beware of, of black ice or anything signs up. And she was on campus. She was a University of Washington student. She slipped. She felt she died. Whoa. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. It was, like, genuinely awful. Uh, the airport, and we got out. Like, I wound up getting to spend the day at Disneyland because I had to go to Australia, and they only have flights, like, once a day for Australia and I had to be there by a certain time and we were worried that they were going to be canceling flights and when I first started trying to book things like the airline everybody was like yeah it's it's not necessary it's not necessary to to book your so like I kept my flight to Australia from Los Angeles but I had to get to Los Angeles early and thank god I did because this was like I think like a, a Friday morning and I I went through security around 6 a.m and it was fine about 15 minutes later I started seeing tweets and lines apparently the security line at the airport was backed up through the parking lot <laughs> and um the city basically all but shut down and we're talking again about two inches of snow yeah. Uh, and, and the thing is, is that what makes no sense to me is that if you go, I don't know, 20, 30 miles north, like you have legit like mountains and you have, you know, real like mounts of snow. And I get that you can't have a lot of plows in the cities and whatnot, but within like the Puget Sound area, snow is not uncommon. And so it seems weird to me that like the city 
and 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 not just like the the city of Seattle, but also Redmond and Bellevue and and the other like suburbs or whatever were just so completely like unprepared. Um, again, like I never thought a place would be worse at snow than Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Seattle, Washington actually is. So whereas, you know, I was in New York for for seven years and New York is not like Minnesota, but it's like it's it's it gets cold and snowy there. Yeah, it snows a shitload. And, and the you know, to the, the point where like the plows come out, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there 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 are times when. I mean, usually the subways even run. I mean, if the subway is running, that's a whole other discussion. But like the city doesn't shut down. It's just like, OK, we, we, got, we got this. You know, um, it, it's not like, you know, like Halifax where Grant used to live either, which is, you know, closer uh, in terms of amount to like what you get in Minnesota. But yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah, we, th- we shut down for anything over about 20 inches. Right, right. Because <laughs> I was going to say, because that that makes that makes sense. Like and I think. You know, uh, and the most I think we ever got in New York, I think we got like two and a half feet at one point, like in, in big drifts. It was a, it was a ton. And and that I do think that they shut like places shut down and whatnot. But you still saw people out doing delivery, you know, yeah, riding was, bikes. They still have the plows out like I was homeless in Brooklyn through a New York winter. So I've, I've seen I've seen it. It's not that different from Minnesota, really. Doesn't get quite as quite as cold, but right, right, yeah, yeah. It does not get nearly as cold because it's closer to water. But uh, yeah, so. But Nor- uh, so nor'easters are always fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that definitely. Um, it, it it's funny like having lived different places and just acclimating to the different weather things and like seeing like what some places handle well and what some places don't. And um, the weird thing in Seattle, I think here's what Seattle, other than the snow, what it really doesn't handle well is heat because no one has central AC. Oh, sure. So, well, and and it just doesn't usually get that hot. It's only a few days out of the year. So most homes, unless you specifically build it, won't have it. Apartments don't have it. If I ever were rich enough to have a, a home or a, a condo or whatever, I would insist upon it um, because I, I just feel like it's a stupid thing to not have. But uh, like that's the one thing that Atlanta, Georgia does handle really well. Probably the only type of weather that Atlanta handles really well is insane heat because you drive everywhere and everything has central AC. So you, you know, it, it's, it's hot as, it's hot as hell in the summer and you will die of heat stroke if you're not careful. But fortunately there's no public transit and everyone drives everywhere and every building is, you know, has central AC. So, yeah. So, All right, so that was a weird, that was a weird, you know, long well, tangent. Anyone who listens to systematic knows that, uh, starting a, a podcast by talking about the weather is it's kind of like my comfort zone mm-hmm. as a Minnesotan. I think that's my default conversation. I just How's the weather? Turn, yeah. So what? where do you live? What's the weather like there? Tell me all about it. So there was this tweet <clears throat> from one Christina Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a happy 25th birthday to GIMP where the only things worse than the name are the user interface and the people that say it's just as good as Photoshop. Now, I haven't used GIMP for almost 25 years, so maybe it's gotten a lot better since then. I imagine it's gotten way better since then. <laughs> but but this this tweet is hilarious. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and, I, and I would say, you know, I would really like you to be able to try out GIMP. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't compiled on macOS for the last, like, four versions. Wow. Uh, which, like, which I think really only means like maybe a year or so, but uh, like the like the like the last four point releases doesn't compile on Mac, um, so uh, we we can't even know. Uh, yeah, I sent this tweet off at like ten fifteen p.m. I thought nothing of it. I was like, I think this is sort of funny, right? Sure. Next thing I know, it starts getting a lot of replies, and then it goes on and on and on. Wound up getting 373 retweets, 76 quote tweets, and 3.3 thousand likes. Yeah, which which is a lot. Um, it, it went a lot more than I thought. That 367 thousand impressions. The downside of this, most people, 
had the same reaction you did, which is that it's that's hilarious. And I thank you for that. I was actually I was kind of proud. I was like, this, I think this is kind of funny, but like nothing, you know, out of the ordinary. And then the then the people who say that it's just as good as Photoshop <laughs> showed up. Yeah. And well, so um, yeah, I, I used it when I was a Linux user. And as a Linux user, it was great just to have anything that could do anything similar to Photoshop. Agreed. But I can't imagine. Have you ever used Affinity Photo? I do. I have. I love it. It's so good. Like, I don't need Photoshop anymore, thanks to that. Yeah, no, I, I use um, uh, Affinity, uh, Affinity Photo, Affinity um, Draw, uh, which is like their Illustrator replacement. I think those are both great. I don't have the publishing one because I don't actually do like print stuff, but I imagine that's uh, it, really it is, good too. It is very good. I've been on it since the beta. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so this is then where, where things kind of go off the rails. So I'm not going to like name and shame him because unlike him, uh, I am not an asshole. Uh, and also we sort of ended things on an okay note, but, uh, anyway, so this guy who is a core, um, he, he, he's the, the, he's a Python core developer and he was the release manager for Python 3.8 and 3.9. And he quote tweets me and says, wow, a disappointingly cheap dig for a at Microsoft developer advocate. At film underscore girl, I challenge you to do something about it. For example, by donating to the project so the Microsoft logo appears here. And then he links to the GIMP sponsor page. Now, that would be a classy way to say happy birthday. And so my response to that, which I thought was actually pretty nice, was it was lighthearted jab. The program is incredibly impressive. The UI is not. I was just trying to tease the rabid fans slash zealots. But here you go. Put my money where my mouth is. And then I donated $50 to the Gnome Foundation on behalf of the GIMP project. And then I immediately followed up that $50 donation by going into the company matching portal and having Microsoft match my $50. So they got $100 from me. I thought that kind of was, 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 the, was the way to, to handle that. Magnanimous. Right. I thought so. Right. I thought I, I was like, OK, you know what? Because I because the one thing that I didn't, especially as it started getting more attention, the one thing I didn't want it to turn into was for people to like mistakenly think that I'm like trying to shit on the work of the people who've been doing this thing for 25 years, because that's not what the joke is about. Like it's the UI is bad. The the the, the team knows this. Everyone knows this. That's not a, that's like not even a subject. That's like not subjective. That is fact. And um, also the people that are like zealous about it. It's funny. It's just it, it, it's a lighthearted jab. But like I, I didn't want it to come across like I'm trying to, you know, crap on like this, this project. So I even like retweeted uh, him uh, and I was like, hey, you know, um, I, I put something that there was like, like, I think the joke was pretty obviously lighthearted teasing, but I donated $100 to the Gnome Foundation as instructed on the GIMP website um, as a sign of goodwill. And, you know, most people were really receptive to that. We're like, that's really cool. And some people were even, I think, rightly calling this guy out. They were like, wait, so you're trying to get her in trouble with where she works because she tweeted a joke because that is what he was trying to do yeah, you don't yeah. bring my employer name into it if that's not what you're trying to do and I, I and i've had people try to get me fired or get me in trouble for a bunch of stupid stuff uh this is probably the funniest if i'm being totally honest <laughs> because also I, I just like gave them money but then as the tweet got more and more attention then like more and more people started like being like assholes about it and i didn't respond to all of them because i wasn't going to and i don't care and most people again like took it in the in the way that it was but you did have the people who were like trying to like somebody was like oh you know we're, we're making like windows jokes oh you know uh, like trying to make fun of windows it doesn't feel so good does it and i was like i laughed also <laughs> i'm a i'm a mac user so whatever but also like I, i'll laugh i think it's funny it's not a big deal um, the other thing is like, you know, the name is pretty terrible and a lot of people have issues with that. And so I also ended up donating money to Glimpse, which is a project that it, it is basically a fork of the GIMP, but with a better name. And then they're also <laughs> attempting to give it a better UI. 
Yeah. Uh, but the funniest part was, so I still had people as of like, we're recording this on Tuesday. I still had people as of like last night who were like trying to come for me and were like mad. And, and, and they're like, you're so upset about this. I'm like, no, you're, you're the one who's like still, you know, going on and on about it. Like I'm, I'm pretty chill. It's a pretty funny joke, but like people are mad that like, I won't back down and apologize for saying the UI is bad. Cause it is, uh, but the GIMP project, this is where it came full, full circle, and I had to give them credit for this. Um, the GIMP project replied to um, to my tweet being like, thanks, with a question mark. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know what? Props to you for that. Like, that's actually, like, the 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 right way it's a reasonable response yes that's that that's the correct response and and then and and i i i I, and i actually you know and then i tweeted something i was like okay the shit post birthday greeting has come full full circle happy birthday thanks for 25 years of not taking yourselves too seriously and for all the hard work um i donated to the project last night but encourage others to do that as well because you know i like that was a I, I wanted to to do another thing just because people obviously none of those are going to get as much traction as like the initial shit post. Sure, but sure. anybody who saw anything like, you know, would would the way the algorithm works, maybe be alerted to, to stuff or whatnot. But anyway, I just wanted to share that because I was like of all the shit that people have tried to come at me for. And I knew it would happen. I just didn't anticipate it going in that way. But also. I was pretty high both when I tweeted the original thing <laughs> and when I like made the donation. And when I woke up, I was like, not to pat myself on the back too much, but <laughs> I think I handled that pretty well. I don't know. It's a, uh, uh, a strong endorsement for weed right there. Right, right. I mean, you know, ha- ha- have a good tweet. Make some people mad <laughs> by um, giving money to this thing that you don't even use. Get, get 3.3 thousand likes. For the stupidest shit. <laughs> My anyway. most popular tweet ever got a thousand likes, and it was basically just telling people not to update and be alt. That's what got the most traction. Well, okay, that's actually a really good segue though, because speaking of software that doesn't work. Yes. Let's talk about Big Sur. Ugh. I made the mistake. Of up, I don't. I don't have a single compelling reason to tell anyone to upgrade to Big Sur. I yeah, have nothing no so far but complaints, and that's not typical of me. I can usually see the 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 shiny parts and and get why why we're making changes. But I am hating this. I I re, I have regrets. Yeah. So I am not on Big Sur. Uh, I am still not on Mojave on my laptop. You mean Catalina? Uh, sorry, exactly. I am on Mojave. Mojave is the last good one. I'm still not on Catalina on my laptop. I'm on it on my iMac because I didn't have a choice. And I think that it's finally gotten stable enough from what people are telling me. But if yeah, I could, I would just stay on Mojave. But 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 if I could, I, w- I would still stay on Mojave. Well, I'd, I'd installed it on like a external drive or in a container in APFS before. And I ran into so many issues that I was just like, I'm not touching this. And then I kept reading about so many horror stories with Catalina that I just like kept putting off and putting it off. Now I think it's finally ready. But reading about all of the issues people are having with Big Sur, no, no, I'm not doing it. Like I I get that for you, you have support requests and whatnot. Um, I I still think that you maybe should have like Put, put it, it on a container, VM. sure. Put it in a container, exactly. Like that, I did, that would have been... I did the first thing I did try when the when I first started testing on Big Sur, which I had to do months ago, yeah. uh, was run it through uh, Parallels, which mm-hmm. didn't work. So I ended up putting it on a container, but I needed my full dev environment and I didn't feel like duplicating it. Cloning, to a yeah, totally. Install. Totally. Yeah. So no, my... and I, I get ahead. that. So go on. No, I was just going to say go on. So my biggest complaint, though, is is something that won't affect most people, but in Finder and in most apps now. You, so for anyone who doesn't know what a proxy icon is, it's the little icon up next to the document title. Mm-hmm. And it's usually at the top of every window and you can drag that and it functions the same as if you had dragged that document icon in Finder and you can drag it anywhere you need it to. And I use it constantly. And in Big Sur, they hid them. 
So you have to hover over the title and there's about a one second delay before you get the proxy icon. And it is irritating. I yeah, miss I've, my I've heard this. Icons. No, I, I, I saw I saw reports of this when Big Sur was released in beta and I have installed it on again in a container on an external drive just to play with it. Uh, and then I was promptly I was like, I also I was like, I'm not I'm not messing with this right now. So I haven't. But I read about this and I read about the fact that there's like a delay. Um, and I was hoping that at this point people would have figured out a way to maybe like turn that off like in a terminal setting or something but i'm assuming that is not the case no. that sucks not that i've seen anyway yeah no i mean i i can i can i can believe um that but that's just frustrating because i i don't use them as frequently as you do but i do use them and it's certainly one of those things that is nice to have and it's been part of the mac for as long as i can remember so that's can, can you believe they haven't added dual pane browsing to finder yet god seriously like how honestly and of all the apps that i have had trouble with in big sur the one that's working super well that i'm super glad about is forklift have you ever nice. used forklift I have, I have. Um, usually, I use Transmit, but Forklift is. I've I've purchased it in the past, and it's a really good uh, app. It's um, on Setup now too. Like I used to use Pathfinder. Mm -hmm. Like I, I guess like FTP isn't my primary use case for these. It's more file management and just totally having a dual pane browser that I can shuffle files yeah. between using keyboard shortcuts. Um, but like I used to use Pathfinder, and Pathfinder is still really cool. Also on setup, I think. I uh, think so. Yeah, because forklift is just more polished. I love it. Yeah, actually, it's funny because you mentioned that, and it does turn out that I do actually have uh, forklift installed because of setup. Yeah. Uh, and it is. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, because the nice thing about it is that you can manage some of your like remote disks too. You know, yeah. so if you have like, if, oh, like yeah, you, have, you like, can mount your S3 drives. As that's what I'm saying. Disks. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because at this point, we all know like Dropbox has become an abomination of its former self. Yes. And it's terrible. Uh, the Google um, Drive client or whatever the hell they call it is absolute garbage. Like, I don't want to ever hear anybody say anything bad about OneDrive ever because, A, at this point, <laughs> OneDrive is better than Dropbox. And I hate admitting that, but it's true. Like, I'm not happy to say that OneDrive is better than Dropbox and Mac right now. I really don't like saying that, but it is. But the Google app is the absolute worst. Like, the Google app is so bad that I won't install it even in Windows. Like, I won't install it anywhere. And the only I, there was a project I was working on where I was having to um, uh, interfere, like, interact with, with Google Drive. And I was having to upload several gigabytes, um, you know, uh, over, you know, every couple of days um, or sometimes every day to a Google Drive. And what I found was, okay. I will give Google a lot of shit about how bad their client is. At least the web interface did actually handle uploading files that large sure. with a plum. So, which, because usually that's why I wouldn't want to deal with that. It'd be like, oh, it'll be too slow to do whatnot. No, drag and drop in the browser actually worked pretty well, which, so no one ever used that. But yeah, that's the nice thing about Forklift. And then also I think a, a Cyberduck um, oh my God, uh, has Cyberduck. a... Speaking of yeah, but. <laughs> Exactly. No, but, but they, uh, they they have one like called Mountain Duck or whatever that also is a good remote uh, way to like host, like not host, but I guess like uh, pull up all of your S3 or, or whatever drives and then have a way to browse them without dealing with the clients. But I yeah, think, Forklift is good. I think the last time I used Cyberduck was the same era I used GIMP. Wow, I didn't, <laughs> I, it's surprising it's still around. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, so, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. It, it had something remotely to do with forklift. No, 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 you're talking about forklift because of the dual panes. Yeah, I lost it. Let, we'll let it go. We'll let it go. But yeah, it is, I am oh, surprised. Oh, that, sorry, I remember. Yes. yes. I actually, where it, where it is integrated, I really do like iCloud Drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. I'm of two minds of that. Where yeah, it's please, integrated. Please tell. Okay. 
Okay, so where it's integrated, I agree with you. I like the fact that when it's done well, there is automatically a folder in you know iCloud Drive for that application, and that no matter what device I'm a, I'm on or device type, I can access it. I actually really like that. Uh, what I don't like, there are lots of things I don't like. A, I don't like the fact that I can't control how much storage space it is taking up on my device because Apple just wants to decide. The selective oh, sync, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, well, but it's not even really selective sync because it's like, oh, we will just basically determine how much space is free on your drive and how much we can use. And it's like, okay, if I have a two terabyte drive on a brand new machine, for instance, that's enough to take the 300 gigabytes or whatever that I have in my, my iCloud drive and you can put it all on there. But I don't want that. And as I fill more space up with my drive, I don't want that. And the way that Apple does the dynamic resizing, I just don't trust. And I don't like it. The other thing is it's still, and we're like four years into this now, maybe five, but you know, they back up the, your desktop um, and your documents folders into iCloud Drive if you turn that on automatically, which is great, except it doesn't really work with multiple desktops. You just wind up with like desktop two, desktop three, or like you mm, know, documents, yeah. whatever. So it like it, you know, it's like, tell me what damn machine it is, you know, yeah. like I, yeah, I, I've never so, tried that. Yeah. So I don't like that. And then the, the final thing is, you know, they finally introduced or are supposed to introduce with, with like the latest stuff, like the ability to share um, folders with other people. I still find that too finicky. It's just not robust enough. But having said that, it's a weird thing with me. There are certain things like because I, I have I pay for Dropbox even though I keep telling myself I'm going to cancel it, I, I still pay for Dropbox. Yeah, um, Dropbox still has its perks. It really does. It, it, the ubiquity at this point, I think, is the big thing with Dropbox. So I pay for Dropbox. Uh, I get um, OneDrive through work, and then I have OneDrive personal through the Office 365 family account that I have because uh, I pay like 20 bucks a year. If you if you ever need cheap Office 365, let me know. I'll hook you up. Um and, and then I get a terabyte, you know, of that for, for personal stuff. And then I also paid like $20 because I, I needed the space for 100 gigabytes and Google Drive, which I will never use ever again. So after this year, I will never use it ever again. So I've used all these things in addition to having stuff in S3 or, or Backblaze or, or other stuff. Um, and I will say iCloud, even though it's not the best in any of the categories, is still the one that for certain stuff will be like what I'll just de facto go to, if that makes any sense. So speaking of places you can use Dropbox. Yes, great, great, uh, great segue. It was a, it was a, it was a decent segue. I like um, it. One of our sponsors this week, we have two sponsors this week. This show is going to survive. Yes. Um, but uh, one of our sponsors is uh, Remote HQ, which is kind of a, a, I believe new, at least it's new to me. Um, but imagine, uh, like Slack meets Zoom meets, uh, like interactive screen sharing and you've got remote HQ and it's designed to allow people to meet remotely as if they were in the same room and you can do these, uh, um, uh, like a private meeting room and you can have as many rooms as you want. You create a new room for, for every meeting. It's like having a really big office and then everyone logs in. They can have video and audio. They can have co-browsing so they can share a browser and take turns like moving and clicking. Uh, it integrates with Google Docs, uh, Trello boards, Dropbox, Miro, like, and you can, it, tons of apps. You can add as many apps as you need to each meeting uh, and it gives you a searchable digital trail so it it automatically captures all of your session output. So notes from every meeting are automatically logged and saved to that event. So it's easy to, to figure out what you talked about at any given meeting. Um, and it's all browser-based, so there's no software to download. And uh, meeting rooms can be locked, so there's no potential for Zoom bombing. Uh, oh, only, nice. only authenticated users, uh, which is more secure than using a password. And you can easily save a page layout and save your work across recurring meetings. Uh, so once you get all your apps added, uh, you can toggle a switch and automatically carry over content from one meeting to the next. So you can pick up right where you left off. Um, I, I just gave you an invite to my 
remote HQ this morning. Yeah. So you yeah, haven't no, had much of a chance to explore yet. No, I haven't, but I was looking at it before we before we got on and I, I like kind of the look, you know, like it looks similar to some of the other things that you've used before, like you mentioned. But what I do like about it, and I'm curious from your perspective having used it, is that concept where it is trying to recreate the in person meeting experience. Cause I think that's different than how a lot of those other tools work. So what what's your kind of take on on I that? Actually, like I think it's better than an in-person meeting, but I've always hated meetings to begin with. But having like in an in-person meeting, one person has control of the the slides or the browser yeah. at any given time. And with this, you can actually collaborate. And uh, and I'm sure like working at Microsoft, you have all kinds of fancy tools for cool meetings. But for for most purposes and most teams, I would think this is a step up from an in-person meeting. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And I would also say that even at like, no matter what company I've worked at, whether it's like really big or really small, uh, everybody always has issues getting the conference call like connected yeah, right. to the, you know, to, to the screen in, in the room. So even you're in the in-person meeting, you're just trying to like share your screen onto the big thing and like yeah. everybody has issues. And so, um, yeah, so I, I like that idea of being able to kind of have that power, but have it uh, remotely and um, you're telling me too, like you can do things like you can even like share web browsing like yeah. with, with people. That's yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can be. It could it could probably go wrong. But the idea, of, yeah. especially like for me, a lot of my meetings would be around web design and web development. Right. So well, this being is what I was thinking. To, yeah. To be able to interactively explore and and comment on aspects of a design would be super cool. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. Uh, I. Uh, I like that idea a lot. No, I'm looking forward to to playing with it with you because I feel like it could be useful even for the way we plan our shows. You know, yeah. like having oh, having a workspace. That's a really good idea. We should do that. I, I think so. So here's the deal: if you head to remotehq.com/partnerships/overtired, you get a free 30-day trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the code Overtired, and you get your next three months three months for free. So that's four months of remote HQ for free if you use the coupon code OVERTIRED. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you, Remote HQ. And um, I'm looking forward to planning the show and, and collabing with that on with you from now on. And uh, I, I, we'll continue our conversation and see if we can pull off a good segue to our other sponsor. Um, I'll give you a heads up. It's Headspace. <laughs> Which we've talked okay. about before, and, we and have. it's it's great, but we'll see if we can let's let's see what happens. Okay, so so other than um, two pain stuff, not so, so other than uh, I guess your proxy icons, is there anything else that's that's driving you nuts about Big Sur? Well, uh, a lot of software isn't compatible yet. Uh, uh, Descript, which I use for editing all of these podcasts is uh, it has some serious issues in Big Sur. Um, it ruined Marked. Marked is, I, I, I may have mentioned that before, but uh, Marked's PDF export under Big Sur, instead of outputting a nice vector PDF with selectable text, it now just outputs a, a raster image of your document. <sighs> and I don't know why this is happening. No one is responding to me. I'm having to completely rewrite Mark to make this work, which is... Not something I have time for as we get NB Ultra close to launch, but uh, um, all all of my rogue amoeba apps are having some issues. So uh -huh. um, uh, audio hijack and sound source and loopback. I I love rogue amiga, <laughs> rogue amoeba, amiga. We haven't talked about amigas. Um, I know we should. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I, it's. It's seriously impacting my everyday life right now. So I have a lot of uh, ill will toward Big Sur at the moment. It'll probably get better, especially as apps come up with solutions. But I know I know like Rogue Amoeba has been on it the whole time and working to make it work. And I know uh, uh, Descript announced a while back that they were trying to find solutions and much like my problem with Marked, I'm not sure there are solutions without rewrites. And that's not cool. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. I was going to ask you about, you know, with Mark, like, did they change something with, I'm, I'm guessing they changed something with, like, the, you know, the built-in PDF render or with quotes well, or whatever. So, like, that's... so the thing is, in order to do what Mark does, uh, it uses a ton of JavaScript that bridges to the Objective-C application. Mm -hmm. And because of the way it's written uh, with very synchronous communication between the two, I couldn't update to the new WK WebView, which only allows async communication. Um, that To do that upgrade would be a full rewrite of thousands of lines of JavaScript. And so I, because WK WebView also, up until just a couple months ago, didn't have PDF or printing at all. Like it wasn't an option for me to, to use it, so it wasn't worth the time to rewrite. Meanwhile, they deprecated the version of WebKit that Mark uses. So mm -hmm. it no longer has support and they won't fix what they've broken. Okay. That's yeah. frustrating. So that's and my life. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't sound super great. And like, I know that like little snitch because they've even changed stuff like there was, did you get caught by the bug that hit everybody when um, everybody was trying to download Big Sur and it oh. crashed Apple's CDN and then the the part of, uh, you know, uh, Catalina and, and so on that phone home this, uh, yeah, couldn't reach the server verifies the signatures for all App Store apps. Right. So, well, so like everybody's Mac, even, yeah, every app. So like everybody's Mac was like super, super slow. And like everybody was kind of blaming it. At least I was certainly blaming it. I was like, oh, well, this, this is, this is Big Sur stuff or whatever. But like my Mac was slow too. And I yeah. was like, but it was, it happened my, on my birthday and I took a half day. So <laughs> when stuff started like being bonkers, I was just like, uh, pff, I'm all right. I'm, 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 I'm out of 5,000. I'm not messing with this. But uh, were, were you hit with that? I, I actually missed it. Uh, first, I can't remember exactly why, but I also was AFK all day that day. Um, Very nice. And only knew about it for, through like Twitter later in the evening. Very nice. Very nice. Well, yeah. Well, the, the thing I was going to bring up with that, though, is that it made me think of this because Little Snitch, um, you know, is usually what people would use to block right. things from communicating with certain servers. But it turns out Apple's made some changes to the way that firewalls work. In, in Big Sur, where apparently without doing some excessive stuff, you can't block access to their gateways, even with your own firewall. Um, and uh, Little Snitch had to have a pretty significant rewrite to work um, in, in Big Sur. So I know that there have been a lot of changes happening. And, and that's even without talking about, I guess we should, this is it, this is not our list, but I, I want to talk to you about this last week. Um, now that the Apple Silicon Macs are out, we're starting to see what apps are compatible, what aren't, and where like the edge cases are. And I was just curious from your perspective, since you had um, a DTK uh, Mac, uh, what uh, what your observations have been and and how things have been like on that front, either on the Rosetta two front or you know people porting their stuff to run an Apple Silicon part. Because I know that's different from like the ongoing like mess of of Big Sur problems, but they're interrelated in the sense that. In addition to having a new OS, you also have it as like the demarcation version of the new chipset. Yeah, I I am not um, I'm not ready to go into depth. I will say that Rosetta has like everything pretty much has run seamlessly for me, whether it's been compiled for uh, Apple Silicon or not. So. I, I have, I have, my fears have been assuaged as far as like making this transition. I, I think Rosetta 2 works even better than Rosetta did when they made the Intel switch. Mm -hmm. um, but that said, I have not spent nearly as much time as I should have on my DTK, and I am way behind the ball on that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that in the future. And, and they, you know, there are some edge cases. Virtualization doesn't work right now. Um, homebrew really doesn't work. There are some limited things you can do, but it has to run through Rosetta or you have to apply some hacks to be able to run the apps that are compiled for ARM right now. Docker doesn't work right now. There there are some definitely breaking points for some people. Node is, is not compiled natively, although it runs pretty fast in Rosetta too, from what I've uh, seen. 
this will all get fixed in yeah. time. But but this, I think, uh, like, it makes me feel better about my decision to spend $5,000 on an iMac uh, that had an Intel chip in it. And everybody was like, why do you do that? And I was like, because it's going to be 18 months before I feel, like, solid about everything. Like, it's probably yeah. not going to be 18 months. It'll probably be 12. But I, you know, I think that uh, I, I'm seeing these now and I'm like, cool. Uh that these are great machines for most people for devs this this should not be your primary machine unless you are a very right. special type of developer that's just my take right now but i don't have one so yeah i'm uh i'm not going to be able to afford a new mac for a couple years anyway so i'm going to give it some some time i i, I have my dtk that cost me 500 dollars, and i'll have to ship back eventually but um Oh, I just got a notification that I've logged over 700 hours using NV Ultra. We hope it has served you well. I didn't even know we had that in there. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. That's um, awesome. Do you have any updates on NV Ultra you want to talk about? Um, so we keep having like uh, week-long sprints when uh, when Fletcher is available, uh, but uh, he works in an ER, and things are things things are busy at the hospitals these days. So um, there's a lot of pauses in development. We did just add this super cool uh, history feature. So you have a backward and forward button as you go through your notes, uh, which is super nice and it's all keyboard friendly. So I'm excited about that. And we've got a few bugs left that have been recently reported to work out, but we have it all set up to, to add the uh, a free trial version and uh kind of limited feature set and then unlock for full feature set things are very close yay yeah so back when you were talking about connecting to apple's uh signature authentication server yeah i had the perfect segue but then we moved on okay well let's go back there because i could talk about that again so uh, little yeah. snitch blocks your connections blah 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 but you don't need to spend a ton of money to reconnect with yourself. You can oh. start to improve, right? You can start to improve nearly every aspect of your life with your phone and a little headspace. Did I nail that? You nailed it. You I nailed mean, it hardcore. I mean, after the fact, but man. I mean, if we'd been able to get it actually when we were having that discussion, it would have been even better, but I still really like it. We got to go with the flow. Things have to be semi-organic. So Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the, form of a, in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. It's almost as popular as your tweet. <laughs> It's more popular, I would say, and uh, and better, frankly. <laughs> so whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Uh, if you're feeling overwhelmed, Headspace has uh, three-minute SOS meditations for you. And they even have Headspace Move, which is for mood-boosting workouts. Uh, so it's not just for sitting still and meditating. They actually have stuff for active use. And, uh, and check out The Wake Up, which is daily original content intended to inspire your day from the moment you wake up. And Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve your sleep, boost your focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Uh, so use it for everything from winding down and falling back to sleep, which is my favorite part of it, to, to, to working out. Um, and you deserve to feel happier. Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash overtired. That's headspace.com slash overtired for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal you'll find right now. So go to headspace.com slash overtired today. Definitely. And I mentioned this before, but I've actually used Headspace uh, in the past. And um, I, I've actually, uh, I guess not in the past, but like before, you know, this sponsorship. And it's really good. It's something that actually I'm bad at 
meditating and clearing my mind. And it's one of the few things that's actually worked for me. And I've tried a lot of those wellness apps. So yeah, check it out. Yeah. Like I've found like mindful meditation is, is great for me. Um, I used to think that my brain was too busy to meditate, but it turns out that's exactly when you should meditate. And it can really, especially with ADHD, it can really help you uh, calm your mind and, and find the focus. So if you think your 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 brain is too crazy to meditate, your your that's the opposite of of how meditation works. Yeah, I I um I agree. It was, it's sort of an interesting thing to think about. My my shrink has mentioned similar things with me uh, about that too. But yeah, it it goes contrary to what you would think. But it's like no, actually, that's why you should force yourself into trying that out because it will matter even more. So good stuff. So do you? Do you fin finish bad movies? Like if you decide, say halfway through a movie that it's just awful, do you finish it anyway or do you walk out or hit stop? Okay, so it's weird because historically, like when I was younger uh, and I was very much like uh, film snobs, you know, TM, you know, Christina, it felt disrespectful not to finish a film, <laughs> even if it was terrible. And so there are a lot of things that I've just seen or, you know, sometimes like you're with friends or a date takes you to the movie and you can't leave. Like you're not in a position to walk out. So I would say that historically, yeah, I watched them all the way through. I would say that as I've gotten older, as I've become both more ADHD, thanks to us having many computers in our pockets at all times, which can distract us from things. And, and also, frankly, I think that it's like this rise of we've never had more content available to us than ever before, not just in the fact that we're like at peak TV and movie and stuff and that there's a lot of really good new stuff. But we also have like instantaneous access to old stuff. Yeah. So at this point, unless I'm like intentionally watching something that's bad, like Grant is really into MST3K and Rift Track. So sure, if we're sure. like watching one of those uh fine although he likes them way more than i do because at a certain point i just can't with them anymore <laughs> but if something's like really bad yeah i'm pretty game at this point to just like duck out what about you well i so i realized very much the same thing recently like i used to i used to feel like i wouldn't be allowed to complain about a movie if i hadn't finished it right. um, because you could say well i thought it was terrible and i walked out but that's kind of where the conversation has to stop because you don't know for sure. Maybe it redeemed itself in the last half. Um, so I used to watch most movies all the way through. I don't think I ever walked out of a theater. Um, on rare occasions, I would stop a, a, a tape or a, a DVD from playing. Um, but since, since streaming happened, and I think for much of the same reasons that you spoke of, I just, I have better things to do with my time. There are better things to watch. Mm -hmm. There are uh, too many things that I could be doing to sit through a truly awful movie. This happened, I was watching The Wrong Missy on Netflix, I think. Okay. And it was, it's a David Spade movie. And it was the worst thing I have seen in a long time. And we got to a certain point, Ellen and I did where we just, we agreed that there was no way at, at like the halfway mark that the movie could redeem itself. Um, it tortured us. We ended up going back and watching the last 10 minutes just to see where they had gone with it. And it right. was every, it was the worst possible conclusion. So I don't know what all happened in between, but they were kind enough to put a fucking montage ha, of the part the we missed at the end like he has this flashback and remembers all of the the chaos of the movie in oh, a God. 30 second montage that made us absolutely sure we made the right choice <sighs> so i am i've just wikipedia'd this and i'm looking at just the poster and this this looks awful what? Like so just the, I just the it was poster be looks awful terrible. Charming, sure, but it was not at all charming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 like I'm like looking at the cast list, and I'm like really upset that Sarah Chalk is in this because I really like her. Um, 
and and she doesn't even have a major part in it. And, it, and it's a Happy Madison uh, film, is what it seems like, uh, or maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe they were just, you know, because Netflix has that massive deal with with uh, Adam Sandler, where he is now like I think I think Adam Sandler's like a legitimate billionaire now because of Netflix. <laughs> I didn't I'm, finish I'm only, Happy Madison either. Um, I, I mean that one I've I've seen a million times, but yeah, uh, uh, um, uh. But uh, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. That, but Happy Madison is the studio's name. Uh, but yeah, I um, Happy Gilmore, right? Happy, yeah, Happy Gilmore's the the golfing one. Yeah, uh, with the kid who's you know, once he has the crush on the kindergarten teacher or something. Uh, it's been a really long time, but yeah, I think that was the the deal the deal with that. Never really cared for them, but they were always on. And that was back in the era when your friends want to watch Happy Gilmore you're 13 you don't have any option to be like no i'll just watch something else on my phone you know what i mean yeah um so but yeah yeah this looks pretty bad but i'm, I'm with you like i have better things to do with my time now i will say if i do come across something that is so spectacularly terrible like truly like remarkably like from justin to kelly level bad there is a part of me that is still sort of like grotesquely intrigued but, yeah. but that is, that is few and far between like, uh, okay. So like case in point this morning, uh, the outgoing president, uh, Donald J. Trump started to retweet Randy Quaid. Okay. Uh, the actor now, Randy Quaid, if you have not kept up with him, uh, has become the full embodiment of the, the cousin Eddie character from the vacation films, except he's even more like crack brained like he's like he's like legitimately like off the rocker like he's like a legitimate QAnon like whatever guy I think uh -huh. he was he, I think he's been arrested for burglary I believe that he <laughs> was like illegally in Canada for a while and then was like deported or extradited or something I don't even know guy it's bad right sure anyway this reminded me and because I tweeted something about it I was like you know checks notes you know that 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 um you know, he's, uh, you know, tweeting things, you know, from the, the star of uh, um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2. And I was reminded of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, which, you know, the original Christmas Vacation, say what you want about both Chevy Chase and uh, Randy Quaid, two terrible people, great, great fucking movie. Like, honestly, one of the best, like, slapstick Christmas movie things yeah, sure. ever. Like, it's perfect, right? Great movie. But they made a sequel. And it aired on NBC. I assume that they that that originally they were thinking maybe it would go, you know, straight to video or whatever, but NBC was like, no, we'll air this bullshit. <laughs> it's it's real bad. I saw it in college. I think that somebody made me watch it, and it was one of those that I couldn't get out of. And all I remember about it is that cousin Eddie now works at a nuclear reactor plant and a monkey is his coworker. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And and somehow and, and and also like the rest of the Griswold family is not there. You know, like Chevy Chase, even in 2003 when this came out, even like and that was like low times for Chevy Chase. He's like, fuck you. I'm not doing this. Beverly D'Angelo was also like, fuck you. I'm not doing this. So uh, it's real bad. And I was reminded of that this morning. And that's that's one of those movies that is like so bad that if i had the option now i would turn it off like it's it's one of those where it is from justin to kelly level bad but there's like not anything redeeming about it like at least from justin to kelly there's camp and and it's it's just i mean it's god awful but if you got high that would be pretty good cats is a perfect example of that right like cats is a fucking terrible movie and i saw that in the theater in um january on new year's day terrible high out of my mind and was drinking um uh vodka slushies because the, the the amc we went to had a bar and the guy was willing to put um two shots of vodka in my slushie so it's great uh but that's the only way you can watch cats is to just be stoned out of your mind so if you are not one who wants to do drugs or, or alcohol or be under the control of those substances there's no reason for you to enjoy cats period but like it has to be to me that level of bad for me to not turn it off because I think like if if I were advising you someone who doesn't drink or do drugs and you came across cats on like Netflix or HBO <laughs> or whatever I would just be like no you you don't need to see this 
the 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 scene with with the uh, uh you know um um James Corden and um what's her face from uh, uh Fat Amy from Pitch Perfect um you you don't need to like that alone that that one musical segment you're like yep you know what don't need to watch any of this there's also a scene where Jennifer um um what's her face um Hudson like has I think they might have even CGI'd the snot. Who even knows? But all I could stare at was that she's doing the scene of memory and she's crying. And like she's just like <laughs> snot coming out of her nose. And, and and you just can't focus on anything else except for the snot. And it's just it's and like her voice is wonderful. Right. And and it's you're just like, how did all these talented people get sucked into this? And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I will heed your warning. I haven't seen it. Don't plan to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't suggest it. Like, honestly, I will say to the audience, though, if if you do want somebody to get, like, either really drunk and or stoned and watch, perfect movie for that. Also, I would say that it is one of those... He, here's my question for you. Would the terrible David Spade movie, would that have been enjoyable if you had seen it with a big group of people where everyone was laughing and like making fun of it as it happened or is it still too bad for that it the humor was so cringy that i don't think there's there are enough drugs to make me think it was funny okay see then that that to me that's a skip movie right because i guess this is my point because cats is one of those where as bad as it is um like my my friend simone um de rochefort uh co-host of rocket she actually like did a live um screening of that before a lockdown <laughs> at at one of the alamo draft houses where she was like one of the mcs and a whole audience you know uh, arrived and like and it was yeah. it was apparently a great time like kind of like rocky horror yeah that i that i could see like being fun but i feel like when movies like the the crucifixion 2 or um uh, the other molly or the wrong molly or the wrong messier whatever it's called whatever uh whatever uh bullshit it is um I feel like when there isn't even anything you can grab onto, like there's no redeeming value there. So to yeah. me, that's just like skip. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, there's, there's something to be said for campy movies that you can laugh at, but yeah, some movies just, uh, they're just gross. They, they just yeah. make you feel gross. Well, yeah. that's an hour. That's an hour. Did you, did you want to touch on Instagram perversion? Nope. We're going to save I that one. Damn it. Because I, okay. I, just, I just. Okay, we'll go over. Let's do it. Here's right. my question. If you. Yeah. Do you have Instagram on a device near you? Yeah. If you open Instagram and you hit the search button, what do you see? We'll wait. I'm pulling it up. <laughs> uh, oh, I see. I see a bunch of a bunch of women. Oh, I see me too yeah like 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 i see like a video of like a girl in like a cheerleading outfit like of sorts like showing off her boobs i thought it was and just me no like, i see i do so, see some some botox lip stuff but yeah no i see a lot of like scantily clad women i know that instagram tracks how long you spend looking at given pictures in your camera roll uh -huh. um so i had assumed because i do tend to stop for like selfies of of attractive women of course. Uh, that it had made decisions that when I hit search that I was going to search for hot girls. And now when I open up the search, it's nothing but like models and, and hot girls doing yoga. And I thought it had, it had just made some decisions about me. Uh, but it's really good to know that that's just what it's showing everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, they're, they're, it I, I do follow a lot of supermodels on Instagram, so that is possible that my thing too. But I also mostly like photos of my friends' babies because that's also what Instagram has become for me at this sure, point. Sure, sure. So and cats, and cats, yeah. But but uh, my my friend my friends Ashley and Lindsay just had a baby, and so I see Marlo's face all over my Instagram because Ashley's a really good photographer. But um. Yeah, no, I, I see like a lot of scantily clad women on the search page. I think that's just what they're doing. Either that or we're both perverts, which is also possible. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah, as long as it's not a like um, YouTube radicalization thing where I've just 
the algorithm is just trying to suck me in further, I, I can sleep easier. Hey, we did that but, in under five minutes. Yeah, we did. I was going to say that wasn't bad at all. No. All right. Well, thanks to Remote HQ and to Headspace for sponsoring today's show. Uh, keep it up. We, we love sponsors. I'm always open to... Well, so I'm, I'm kind of picky. Uh, Backbeat Media is handling our sponsorships right now. And the, they always ask, you know, they, they pitch a sponsor to us before they pitch us to a sponsor. So there are some that I'll say no to. Um, we get to be picky and, and choose ones that we can actually support. So that's nice. Definitely, definitely. We, we, we definitely appreciate it, so. Yeah. All right, well, Christina, get some sleep. Thank you, Brett, get some sleep and, and happy Thanksgiving to uh, everybody in uh, the US or otherwise, stay safe. The system is going down low.